Welcome to the Fox River Podcast. Our mission is a heart for people and a message of Jesus. We hope you are encouraged in your faith through this message. Thanks for listening. Hey, welcome everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Don't know what to say to that, hey, I guess, right? So yeah, I want to welcome all those who are here with us in Waukesha. We also have those joining us at our campuses in Muskego and Waterford, and then all throughout the world with that modern technology being able to join us as well on our online campus. Let's just take some time at each campus everywhere and just welcome each other, okay? It's good to be here. Hey, imagine the surprise if you were to read your own obituary. You'd be like, ah, something went wrong here, right? Well, that's what happened to Alfred. Alfred opened up a French newspaper and saw his obituary. And the worst thing about it is it had a pretty strong title at the top of it, which read this, the merchant of death is dead. You see, a mistake had been made Alfred's brother had passed away, and they had confused the two people, is what they'd done, because Alfred was actually fairly well known. And uh, the reason for that was because he was the inventor of dynamite. And so in his obituary, as he read on, he read words such as this, the merchant of death is dead, Alfred Nobel who became rich by finding ways to kill more people faster than ever before, died yesterday. How would you feel about that? Probably like Alfred, right? I need to change this. I have time, I've been given a gift here, and I need to change this. And so he put a plan into play that he was going to change his legacy from being one of destruction to one of being a great person. And the way he did that was one year before he passed away, he actually set up five prizes to reward those in special areas. Some of them are more familiar probably to you than others, but he would confer the greatest benefit of mankind is what he wanted to do in physics, chemistry, physiology or medicine, literature, and then the, probably the most well-known right here. Okay, this is not a penny that I'm wearing, all right? It's much more valuable than that. Peace. How many have heard of the Nobel Peace Prize before? That's Alfred Nobel and the legacy that he has left. He gave what he had, or at least 94% of what he had when he passed, to reward those who do great things. In particularly, those who make peace. Because you see, what gets rewarded gets repeated. Do you notice that? It does. Can you say that with me? What gets rewarded gets repeated. You know, there's this guy, though, long before Alfred Nobel decided to help others become peacemakers that made a really, really big deal of peacemaking. You've probably heard of his name before. His name's Jesus Christ. And what he did was, he wanted to help us to understand that there are things in life that are gonna bring a deep happiness because they are, they are very, very important things. And in this series, we've been talking about those because they actually come from one of the greatest sermons Jesus ever preached, the Sermon on the Mount, and they're called the Beatitudes. And we've learned in these Beatitudes, these blessed statements, because blessed is a word that ties them all together. But they're kind of unique things, counterintuitive things. In fact, as, as I speak through some of them, you're gonna be like, that would not be what I have chosen 
to describe deep happiness. Things like this. He says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the merciful. And blessed are the pure in heart. Did you stop anywhere and say, yeah, that's one. That, that's one right there. I can just see. I'd be happy if I was mourning right now, right? It's like, wait a minute. What? And today's not any easier. The one that we're going to look at today is this. Matthew chapter 5, verse number 9. We've created a download for you because guess what's going to happen? God's going to ask you to be a peacemaker this week. You might say, not me. I, I'm, I hide from all conflict. Okay, good luck with that, all right? You don't work then, I guess, and you don't have a family, right? You're going to be called to be a peacemaker. So you might need that reminder sometime this week. I know I do. So we created a download. You can get it right now. If you go to the QR code, you'll find it there. You can use it as a background on your phone, wherever you need it to keep it in front of you. But Matthew chapter 5, verse number 9, would you read it with me here? Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. That's an amazing thing, isn't it? It says peacemakers. So what is a peacemaker? Before we get into what peacemakers are, I want to spend just a moment here on a couple things that peacemakers are not. Peacemakers are not conflict avoiders. How many conflict avoiders do we have with us today? Just be honest, okay, all right, yep, I'm there with you, okay? Do you realize for the longest time I thought I was a peacemaker because I didn't like conflict? In fact, I would try to get out, you know, two people start fighting, it's like, oh, I'm just gonna pretend I'm not here, you know, maybe they won't recognize if I walk off. That's not what peacemaking is. You see, conflict is unavoidable and it's also at times helpful. But I don't walk around looking for a fight, you know, like, like potsters do. I heard that term. Anybody a potster? Okay, any? Come on, admit to it. Okay, I don't think we're revealing all the potsters, so let me ask you a different way. Let me ask your friends and family, okay? Anybody sitting beside a potster right now? Okay, that's what I thought. That's more like it right there. Okay, all right. There is need for conflict even in your home, believe it or not. Now, it can go bad. Then we need peacemakers, obviously, at that point, okay? But we need conflict because you need a back and forth. Because if you don't have a back and forth, you don't get to a full understanding. You don't get to a full agreement. You don't get to a full commitment, even. And so we need a back and forth. So we're going to need both. Those who maybe enjoy conflict a little too much and those who actually want to walk away from it. But... Peacemakers are not those who avoid conflict. Neither are peacemakers those who try to keep the peace. They look like it at times. Peace enforcers. They keep the peace by force because maybe they have the authority that demands it. Maybe they even have the money that can buy it. Maybe they have the power that can keep it. Peace police, somebody said that'd be a good term for it, right? Nothing against police officers. But it's very tempting, isn't it, to settle for peace at any cost? How many of you are going back to your parenting right now? Yep. Parents, you ever stepped into that peace police mode at home? It's like, what's that look like? Anybody have a little bit of conflict, maybe some sibling rivalry in your kids? Okay, maybe yourself, okay, in your family, right? Yeah, and when that happens, it's very tempting to be the peace police at that point, right? To step in and say, you're going to apologize to your sister or else. 
What is or else? What does that even mean? That's a threat without, a, without an ending on it, right? It's like, what is that? It's, I want peace and I want it now. And I'm going to make it happen if I have to scare it into you, right? That's what that is. And we do that. We step into a peace police mode because it's quick. It's like, man, I, I just, I need some peace myself, you know, and so I'm, go, I'm gonna make it happen. Rather than using a teachable moment to find out who actually threw the first punch might be a good thing, right? Or the name that was called before that. To do a little teaching on what's right and what's wrong. And maybe even get to the point of, you need to apologize. Out of a changed heart, hopefully not out of fear of what's gonna happen next. You see, being peace police is not the same thing as being a peacemaker. Well, if it's not conflict avoiders and not peace enforcers, then what are peacemakers? No, just the word. It's an interesting word, right? How many can remember back to your grammar days what this word peacemaker would be called? Oh, there we go, a compound word, why? Because it's two words smashed together. You notice what happens as soon as you smash them together? It all changes, doesn't it? You notice he didn't say, blessed or happy are the peaceful. That would make sense, wouldn't it? Blessed or happy are the peaceful. Man, I feel so happy. I feel deep happiness when I'm peaceful. But he doesn't say that. It's a compound word, peacemaker. And as soon as you smash them together, it goes from passive to active. It's intentional, even. And so with that, we have to remember that it's counterintuitive. These things aren't the first things that we think of when we think of blessed or deep happiness. Because if you've already seen this, you take peacemaker, what's required to have a need for a peacemaker? Conflict. So if you're gonna be a peacemaker, you better be ready to be surrounded by conflict but you're gonna find deep happiness there. That's where it's going to be. Not just because you're able to reconcile people, but because God's gonna reveal something, a reward for that. He already did, but we'll get to that a little bit later. But there's two specific areas that I wanna look at here where we see the need for peacemaking and where God wants us to be peacemakers. The first one is between God and people. You see, God needs peacemakers to help bring people to God, to reconcile. You might say, why? Why is that? I want to take you to a verse, Romans chapter 5 and verse number 10. I'm going to warn you here right now. You're going to need to strap in for this one, okay? Because before we get very far in the verse, before we get to the best part of the verse, some of you are going to get really, really offended right now at what God says. Anybody been offended by reading something in the Bible before? Yeah, this one might, might be a little offensive, okay? But, but don't just hold on, okay? Get past it. Romans 5, verse number 10. For if while we were God's enemies, anybody offended? What did God just tell you? You are his enemy. You notice he didn't say if you're God's enemy? Some of you are reading it, if you're God's enemy. That's not what it says, does it? It says if when you are God's enemies. Matter of fact, you're God's enemy. You are God's enemy. Anybody offended now? You don't want to admit it, do you? So you're like, I, oh, can I just leave right now? For if while we are God's enemies, we were reconciled to him, here's the good part, 
through the death of his son, how much more having been reconciled shall we be saved through his life? Did you catch what he just said there? He said, every one of us starts out an enemy of God. Now I know what's happening, at least what happened for me when I probably first read this verse for the very first time. This has to take us back to the first beatitude. The first beatitude was this. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit. You see, poor in spirit is when you realize I really, really, really need God. If you don't think you're an enemy of God, if you think you're a friend of God, do you really need him? No, not so much. If you're an enemy of God, do you need him? Absolutely. Do you need peace? Absolutely. Do you need peace with God? Absolutely. You need reconciliation. And so Jesus became that peace for us is what that verse tells us. Now some of you still can't get past that whole enemy part, can you? You're still fighting that. You're still in that place struggling right now hearing those words. Enemy of God thinking, I was never, ever an enemy of God. Never. It's not true. In fact, if you haven't realized that, you still are. Because that means that you've never seen a need to make peace with God. That's what that means. The first time you sinned, how many can remember that? No, you can't, right? That's when you became an enemy of God. That very moment. And it needed to be fixed. It needed to be changed. And so what happened is Jesus came. And he was nailed to a cross. And his blood came out of his body. And through that blood, he paid for that sin. And he said, if you'll come to me and you'll believe and place your faith in me and trust me, you're saved. We're reconciled. It's done deal. Even for the future sins, all the past sins, even the present ones. We have peace now. That's what he's telling us. But you can't stay in that place of enemy of God. So why in the world would we, right? Why would we do that? Why would we stay in a place where it's like, I can have peace with God. I can have it. He offers it to me. Why would we not take it? You might be in that place, and you might be that place where it's like, okay, I would use a different word, but okay, I'm an enemy of God, and that needs to change. So what's stopping you? You can. In fact, you can right now. I'm gonna invite you to you right now, in fact. Let me ask, would you bow your heads, please? Close your eyes. If you're here today, and God's prompting you, saying, you know what? We've never made peace. You're still living in that place of shame, of guilt, maybe of denial, of your sin. And God's pointing out, we need to reconcile. And you wanna do that right now. Maybe pray something like this, dear God, I understand, I don't like it, but I understand. I'm your enemy because of my sin. But Jesus came and he died on that cross to bring peace. And I wanna receive that. I wanna receive that salvation that you talk about. And right now I'm trusting, I'm believing that Jesus went to that cross for me, for my sin. And I want that gift of salvation, that gift of forgiveness right here and right now with heads bowed, eyes closed at our campuses, online. Would you indicate, hey, that's me right now. I'm trusting Jesus as my savior. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Lord God, we praise you for being a God of peace and wanting that for us. We thank you for that. And everyone in agreement said,
Amen. Would you join me just praising God for those who said yes to Jesus? Peacemaking is a big deal because we need to make peace with God. But you know what? It doesn't stop there. It doesn't. But sometimes we do. And what I mean by that is this. After you have recognized and realized your need for God, your need to make peace with him, it's our job to take that to others, to be peacemakers for others as well. He puts it this way. Peacemakers help others reconcile with God. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 18 and 19. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself. He's saying, look, I've brought peace to you, okay, through Jesus Christ, and then what? He gave us, the, would you read it with me? Ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. He's saying the way that I bring peace is through you. Through those who have already received it, now sharing that with others. That's why at Fox River you'll hear us say several times, our heart is people and our message is Jesus. Because everyone needs Jesus. Everyone needs to be reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. And so we need to be peacemakers. That means we need to be able to take that message of Jesus to others. And you might be in that place of, but not me. Not me. I can't do that. You can do that, but I can't. No, that's not true. That's not true. You see, you know people that I don't. How many would say, I know somebody that needs to make peace with God? You just say, I know somebody, friend, family member, coworker, somebody. Come on, raise your hands if that's true, all right, would you? Thanks. Humor me if nothing else. Okay, thanks. <laughs> we do. So who do you think God's going to use if he's given the ministry of peacemaking to those who have received peace? He's going to use you to do that. So how do we do that? At Fox River, we have this acronym that I think might help a little bit with it. It's called BLESS. We bless people. We introduce our friends, our neighbors, our classmates, our family members to Jesus by blessing them. It simply stands for this. Like I said, it's an acronym. Begin with prayer. Then listen to them. This is a fun one right here. How many can see yourself doing this? Eat with a friend, okay? Just eat with them. Share a meal. Serve them. Serve specifically when you hear after you've listened to what their needs are. And then share your story. And in this case, share God's story. God's story of peacemaking. How Jesus came to make peace with us by dying on the cross for us. Can you see yourself doing that? Can you? Can you see yourself with one of those even? Just praying for them? Right now, God's been, been putting something on my heart. I have a, a fairly new friend. I've known him a little over a year now. We see each other regularly because of just circumstances of life. And I've been praying for them, asking God, would you help me to be able to talk to them about Jesus? And I'm not sure what their faith is. I'm not sure where they're at spiritually yet. We've had a few conversations, so I listen at those times, right? We talk about our kids. We talk about some hobbies. We even talk about faith at times. And God keeps prompting me, Rob, you just need to talk to him a little bit more. Okay, about me. Just find out, find out what he believes there. I can't wait for some of those conversations to happen. Some of them are so scary though. Anybody else a little bit like, man, talking about Jesus with somebody? Man, I can talk about, I can talk about all kinds of stuff, but Jesus, yeah. Because he's an important part of our lives, right? He wants us to bless others. 
And we all have people that need peace. And God's gonna use us to bless them. Is there someone in your life that you need to be a peacemaker for? To help them come to God. Not only peacemakers help reconcile God and people, they also help bring reconciliation between people and people. This one probably get 100%, but I'll ask anyways. How many of you know two people that don't get along? <laughs> oh, surprise. I should ask, how many are in your home? No, we won't go there, okay? All right. At work, a neighbor, man. It's like, yeah. And God wants us to be peacemakers. He wants us to be able to help bring two people together. And sometimes in doing that, to even to bring them to God in that. Between people and people, we got a lot of division today, don't we? Man, you can take these top three, right? Just take race, religion, and politics. How do you know? Because there's only one of those that we're supposed to talk about in this room, right? It's like, wait a minute. And then when we go outside of this room, this is the only one we're not supposed to talk about. You ever notice that? That's kind of weird, isn't it? It's like, wow. Why? Because they divide people. And we see division in these big areas, but I want to bring it down a little bit to everyday stuff. Because sometimes in looking at the big, we forget the everyday, all the time stuff. Division. Because we downplay it. We dismiss it. We think it's not that significant. Things like this. Strong preferences. Pride. Selfishness. Jesus had this brother. His name's James. His half-brother. And James actually wrote one of the books of the Bible, the New Testament. You'll find it near the end of the New Testament. It's called James. He's very practical. I love his writing. God uses him in tremendous ways. And he talks about this whole conflict thing. And he does it by begging a question. And so in James chapter 4, he says this, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Good question, isn't it? You think, man, I know the answer to that. Well, so does James. So he tells you, don't they come from desires? Desires that battle inside of you, within you. You desire, but you do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. Isn't that interesting? We'll fight before we'll ask God. And then he goes on. And when you do ask God, look what happens here. When you ask, you do not receive. And it's like, yeah, that's why I don't ask right there. But why don't you receive? Look at the next part here. Because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Can anybody say selfishness? Can you? <laughs> okay. We're selfish. And our selfishness gets in the way. It gets in the way so much that you don't even think about two other people in conflict because you got better and bigger stuff to worry about. And so until you begin to put your focus on someone else, you're not gonna be a peacemaker and you won't be able to build bridges between two other people. I can be pretty opinionated. I think I'm a pretty good peacemaker. But I can be pretty opinionated. I'm also very competitive. You know something's wrong when people say, Pastor Rob, I never knew you were so competitive. It's like, wow, I'm able to hide that until certain times, right? And my opinions can come out. And you know when your opinions come out, when somebody says to you, you always have to be right, don't you? Anybody else heard those words? Uh, I hate being the only one. Man, come on. <laughs> you know something's wrong, right? When you go play a new game, pickleball. Anybody play pickleball? 
You're all too young to do that, right? Okay. Fun game, you know? Go out, play pickleball with the family. There's four of us, you know? We have to wait till the pros get done, find out, you know, all these rules and stuff. Go for the first time. And you know something is wrong at times that you're a little too, you know, selfish and prideful and stuff when you always want to win, right? My wife has learned not to ask me if I had fun because you know what my answer is? Did I win or lose? <laughs> She's like, can't you have fun just playing the game? No, what's the point, right? So that competitiveness can bleed over into selfishness, can it? Now, I'm not saying I need to go and try to be a loser. You're not gonna catch me doing that, okay? But I have to make sure that competition doesn't come into every aspect of my life where I forget there's people involved. And so as my wife and my daughter, all I hear is, he did pretty good. And I knew they weren't talking about pickleball at that point. <laughs> they're talking about attitude is what they're talking about at that point. It can bleed over, and I know that until I put that selfishness aside, I'm not gonna put someone else's needs before my own. And if I'm not willing to put someone else's needs before my own, I'm not gonna care about two people in conflict. And I'm not gonna be a peacemaker. God wants us to be a peacemaker. So much that he rewards us for it. And that's the greatest part of Matthew chapter five and verse number nine. Blessed are the peacemakers. Would you read the second half with me together? For they will be called children of God. Do you get excited about that? Or do you get, yeah? That's not a big deal, right? Isn't everybody a child of God? Everyone's loved by God. Everyone's created by God. But not everyone's a child of God. It's a big deal to be called a child of God. And do you know why you get called a child of God? Because someone sees it. That's why. Because other people see that you're a peacemaker and they say, you must be a child of God. I can tell, I can see. You see, peacemaking does not make you a child of God. Making peace with God makes you a child of God. Trusting the peacemaker, Jesus Christ as your savior, makes you a child of God. But peacemaking causes others to recognize you are a child of God. Because being a child of God is about relationship. Peacemaking is about resemblance. You see, not too long ago, it might have been a couple of years ago, Someone came to me and they said, hey, do you have a son? I said, yeah, I do. They said, does your son help out in the, in the Waukesha campus coffee shop? I said, they do. And they looked at the person beside them as if they had just won a bet and they said, I knew it. I'm like, okay, all right, didn't expect that. I said, so how did you know that? To which they simply said, because he looks like you. Now, don't go tell a 20-something-year-old, as I just did. He's in the room right now. You can play Where's Waldo later, okay? See if you can figure it out, all right? Don't go telling him he looks like his dad. But you know what I realize? Don't tell a 40-year-old. Don't tell a 50-year-old. Don't tell a 60-year-old that they look like their dad, okay? It's not a compliment to them. But you better take it as a compliment. If someone says to you, you must be a child of God, and not just because they're being polite, but because they see your heavenly father in you because you're a peacemaker. 
Doesn't that jazz you up a little bit? Say, wow. If someone recognizes God in me, I can die happy because I've accomplished what God wants for me. You see, peacemaking is a big deal to God. So big that he's gonna give you the deepest happiness you could ever imagine. When you step into conflict, when you share with others that that conflict can be resolved through Jesus Christ, and when you get to see people come to Jesus, when you get to see two people who are at odds with each other come together and reconcile. But you have to be willing to commit to being a peacemaker in order for that to happen. So I have three questions for you. And I want you to dwell on them for the few moments that we have still together and maybe even throughout the day. Do you have peace with God? Have you yourself made peace with God? Now some of you are saying, well, you already asked me that in the middle of the service, too late now, right? Yeah, it's too late, sorry. No, it's not too late. If you've never made peace with God, today's the day to do it. Do not wait. Don't be an enemy of God any longer. I'm gonna ask again, how many know someone else that needs to make peace with God? And you might think that you might have something to do with that to help them do that. I realize I added a little there. How many would say, yeah, I think that might be, that might be, okay. All right. With that raised hand, I hope that you will begin with prayer. Listen. Maybe share a meal together. Eat with them. Serve them and share your story and God's story. Commit to that. How many know there's a place where God wants you to step into the conflict? Work, home, or your neighborhood, or your school. Because there's some people that are at odds and you need to be the peacemaker. How many would say, that's me? I, I, I know it. Okay. All right. Let me pray with you right now. Lord God, we thank you that you call us to be peacemakers. God, please help us to not minimize that. God, if you're willing to reward so greatly by you yourself calling us your children, then others who are gonna recognize that as well and call us your children, God, that that is amazing. And God, that we would desire that with all of our hearts so much that it would change our lives and we'd step into the conflict. I pray for each one, God, who has recognized that they need to do that. For those who are going to bless someone this week, God, for those who are gonna try to step into the conflict and help people who are at odds come together, God, you'd give them the strength, you'd give them the words, Lord. You'd give them the faith, the trust in you, knowing they're not in this alone, but you're with them. We praise you, we thank you for that. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. And everyone in agreement said, amen. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends. Visit us online at foxriverchristian.org or check us out in person. Thanks again for listening to the Fox River Podcast.